said that the unconscious um, alpha and all of the elements that are required for frame. And I was wondering if you could explain that. Well, I don't. Uh, I've explained it in my introduction, I believe, to uh, Sacred Preface. What I've said that uh, for the distribution of frame, you need you need Krishna. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was there and, and um, the uh, nature of the realm of Braj Prem is that it's, it's variegated and um, on the one hand and on the other hand Krishna's not um, alone As we know, wherever Krishna is, Rama is also there in some form. So, if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Krishna himself personally, then Balarama himself personally must be there, and he represents, in one sense, the variegated nature of the um, of, of Braj Prem, presiding as he does over the Sambandarup, the forms of Vatsalya, Madhurya, Dasya, um, Rati, and so forth. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu being Krishna imbued with the, the Kamarupa frame of 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 uh, a Braj. Um Balaram's the immediate expansion of Krishna, so from there yeah, there's the idea that there are many expansions, so there are m- many worlds, if you will. Um and uh, moods of uh, of devotion. And that speaks to us something about the Paravyam and Advaita speaks to us of the of the descent of the uh, distribution of Prem into the world. So, as the, as the Mahavishnu, um, because all the uh, descents or avatars, avatars different than a Prakash, that it's coming down. Um, so, it not only represents the Prakash or the, the expansions. And adhuate to the descent, so it descends, so for that were to be uh, distributed as a descendant of the world. And um, and what it is uh, constituted of, it just sends in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if you want to say, um, and it waits you know, making the arrangement. If you will, and then uh, what is it? What is it? It's it's it's, it's the uh, uh, essence of his Krishna Swarup Shakti, which is represented by Gadadhar. And who's it for? Distribution is for the Tatasta Shakti. So.
uh, represented by um, Srivas Thakur. So, of all these, in other words, for there to be Prem, there has to be the Jiva, there has to be the Srup Shakti. For it to be distributed, it has to descend into the world. Hmm. And its nature is variegated. Hmm. And it comes from Krishna. <laughs> Something like that. I've probably said it more eloquently in, in written form in, in the introduction to the book, but it's a bit of a novel explanation of the, uh, of the, of the Panchatattva. And uh, I think I've said that what's required for the distribution of praying. Hmm. Not uh, necessarily the ingredients, mm-hmm. but it's for its, mm-hmm. its circulation and so forth. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Mm-hmm. You had a question? Yeah. Um, in hearing and reading from uh, Dulal Chandra's classes on <coughs> the Tatsu Narvas, Dulal Chandra Vijay. Vijay. And, uh, Upon listening to his classes and seeing and dissected and expounded, Jiva Goswami, what was the audience that he was writing to specifically in that time? And then how do you see that audience or what's the proper audience for nowadays? Well, I think the audience uh, that uh, he was speaking to was uh, was the... Um, in, in in one respect, the other schools of Vedanta and uh, establishing his uh, own school, or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's school. And um, and at the same time, to other philosophical traditions of the time, Sankhya and uh, Yoga and so on and so forth. But um, uh, you know, he's one of the architects of a of a of a of a new sampradaya, and so writing in Sanskrit means and highly philosophical for educated, very educated, pious people uh, who uh, have uh, largely have some regard for, for revelation and so forth and um, such is the case with all the forms of, of Vedanta I mean, they, you know, he speaks about it in a particular way to establish the Gaudi Vedanta so it's really trying to give a head to the heart of of, of Gaudi Vedanta that it might not just be uh, thought of as uh, sentimentalism and so forth located on the scriptural map and uh, tease out the, the theological philosophical underpinnings so this that was uh, uh, the ground kind of, kind of groundbreaking work to coin the phrase Jinti Beta Beta uh, and so forth um, and um, it's uh, at the same time uh, relevant to uh, us today as devotees to in as much as uh, understanding the theology and philosophy on on such a base but I don't want to say deeper level is very uh, grounding Mm -hmm. 
and uh, how to ground one in one's practice and one's uh, conviction. Obviously, we have a different audience in the world today, different philosophies. Materialism is very you know, prominent philosophy. And so some of the arguments, if you will, in the Sundarvas may not appear as as compelling. Not that they're uh, wrong, but like, who are they talking to? The question might arise like it doesn't... It's not a question that would necessarily arise or give, give much... Uh, be of much concern to many people in the modern world. Hmm. Still, still, you have to look and when you read the Sundarvish, you'll have to see that who he's talking to, why he's making the point, and then uh, try to draw out the the um, the um, essence and implications of it in uh, in in our times. Um, uh, some of it will be more. E- some of it will be more easy to do that than than uh, other points that he may labor to uh, establish. Just like to his, he labors in the Tapas and Dharma to establish the central position of Srimad Bhagavatam amongst the sacred texts. And probably a lot of people in the Western world could care less. Or you know, he's obviously making a very an argument to people who are accepting the scriptures. She makes an argument why scripture should be accepted over other pramanas, over reason, over over sense perception, and that's a, a significant argument that's pertinent to today. But um, having done that, the significance of the Bhagavatam, it's an important argument to make, um, I, I think, but it's not as much of a challenge to make it today than it, 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 it was then. Most people aren't familiar even with the Upanishads or and do the Prabhupada's translation and circulation of the book, the Bhagavatam is you know, more readily available and so forth. So some of his arguments are, are going to be more pertinent to the time and, and circumstance, obviously. But um, but the but the um, very very many, 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 many important philosophical and theological points are raised that, that there could be clarity on what it is that we're um, practicing. What is the nature of the Absolute? I mean, we have the, we have the Bhagavad Sundarva. What is the nature of Bhagavan? Hmm? Paramatma Sundarva, the, the nature of the Paramatma, these aspects of divinity. Hmm? And a few words in there about, about Brahman, which you can't say much about anyway, but whole Sundarvas or treatises about these aspects of the Absolute. It's very insightful. I've written about this in some of my works, and, and you can see that uh, to take those essential points and distinguish um, and demonstrate how different aspects or features of the absolute pertain to different paths and so forth, and and how those paths are not something foreign, but yogi karma, gyan, uh, bhakti, uh, in action knowledge, love, I mean, these are not foreign terms to anybody what they imply, and so like I often say, you know, taking to its limit knowledge cancels action action cancels knowledge love includes both of them and these are ways in which for example, I've taken concepts, and here, you know, you have whatever, you know 
and and shown how to how they're pertinent in the times in which we live. So distinguishing between karma, gyan, yoga, or between uh, uh, karma, gyan, bhakti, and yoga included also yoga for the paramatma, gyan for brahman, bhakti for bhagwan. Uh, these are all very important arguments that all come from the Sindharas and to take them uh, and apply them essentially in our times is very is, is, is an art but it's, 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 it's an essential um, to, if you're going to teach and if you want to understand be a good student uh, so you have Bhagavad Sindharas it's, it's, it's a treatise on the nature of the personality of the Godhead hmm. Well, it's a pretty interesting <laughs> subject. People say they don't believe in God. Maybe you never heard about this addition about God. Here's here's the Bhagavad Sundarva. You know, here's the, the nature of God. Uh, it's quite a bit uh, that he's put together there. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I don't mean to dismiss or minimize another path, but. You know, in a, in a minimal way, I, you know, you get these. The, sometimes you get a what do they call it? The little Christian track and says God has no face, you know, no head or something. They get a picture of a person with no face. I've seen those before. I mean, the Bhagavad Gita goes into it a little more deeply <laughs> about the nature of, of, of Bhagwan. It's it's very uh, rich theologically, very very rich. So how how significant is is uh, is theology in the world today? Unfortunately, it, it's not very it's not very well understood, and therefore religion is dismissed uh, often by people who don't look deeply into all the thought that's been put into if it. Then, of course, with all the reason that corresponds with the faith, supports the faith, and so forth, even in Western theology, theological tradition. So, the Bhagavad and the Paramatmas and another aspect, you know. Is this very insightful, right? Mm-hmm. God has been divided into the, you know, into Bhagavan and the Paramatma, oversoul of the world, and then the, then the world is described, hmm. and then so the, and the part of the world is the is, is the Maya Shakti, part of the world is the Jiva Shakti. You go back, you know, to Bhagavad and Darba. This this whole so central to the book is the Swarup Shakti. What is Swarup Shakti? God has internal powers hmm? by which his, his realm is sustained, and so forth. And Bhakti is constituted of that. That comes out further in the Bhakti Sindarva, but uh, it's very uh, interesting. Um, and then you know, the, you know, as I say, then you go to the Paramatma, and then the and, and, and oversold the world and the world, nature of the world, nature of matter nature of the, of the of the consciousness um and then the bhakti sandarva there's your um treatise on the nature of, of bhakti popular idea bhakti yeah. who's read the bhakti sandarva or even or the bhakti rasamrita sindhu these are huge tomes on the nature of, of bhakti and different kinds of bhakti and so forth. very insightful krishna sandarva all about krishna Hmm. The unique position of Krishna within all the forms of divinity, and the Priti Sandarva about Priti by Prem, the, the, the goal and its nature, and so forth. This diverse 
expressions and, and so on. So it's uh, it's, it's a very uh, you're probably listening to some lectures on the Tattvasandarbha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the latter part it can be rather dense. Um, uh, where he's defeating the Mayavad philosophy, so he's obviously dealing with the Advaitin uh, tradition, which had, uh, you know, to a large extent, a monopoly on on religion and uh, in the people's minds. Uh, um, so it was a so it's a major kind of opponent, if you will, philosophical opponent to uh, Bodhi Vaishnavism, dismissing the personality of the Godhead in terms of his being um, eternal or nirguna, and dismissing the world as it does and so forth, as opposed to seeing it as there but not what it appears to be. So that section is a little... I can see where your question is coming. Like, well, this is not hard stuff to digest here. Um it's it, they're good philosophical, uh, scripturally based arguments against a little bit against countering countering Buddhism a little bit and 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 and, and Mayavads. So that 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 gets a little bit um, terse. Hmm. And. Uh, Keep listening. That's one section, but it's 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 an, it's an important section. I mean, Mayavada, of course, is as a doctrine very people very few people are familiar with, but some of the kind of broad implications of it have been, have been embraced by lots of people, influenced by Eastern uh, philosophy. The you know the sense of oneness, non-duality. It's a big you know it's a big buzzword and so forth. And so clarity on all those. What is non-duality? We are also a non-dual tradition. Advaigyan Tattva, but different than the Mahavad's non so it's, it's 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 important to know these differences. It's almost like uh, yeah, that's this uh, Neo-dwaited perspective that non-duality is like a duality is like a bad word or something like that. Meanwhile, yoga tradition, the sutras is is, is is dualistic compared to the dwait. Anyway, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's. it's I, I would say that um, in the contemporary spiritual community, that 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 it, that section of it that leans tor- towards or embraces Eastern. Philosophy and so forth um, to uh, speak to such persons and to sort oneself out from many of the ideas that are out there and embraced. That would be uh, would be very useful to learn what uh, Jiva Goswami is saying there. Mm-hmm. Very helpful. Uh, it's kind of a shortcoming in the. Uh, um, in that contemporary spiritual, Eastern-oriented uh, yogic uh, sector, lack of lack of uh, philosophy. Um, maybe put a 
you know, and, and bhakti is very, very popular. So you need to put a head on the heart, so to speak. So, uh, obviously, it's a different, different times in which we live, but the arguments are pertinent. Some of them may not be as, as pertinent as others, but uh, you're arguing against the, the many god position of Varnashram and things like this. Might take, might have to, someone like Jiva Swami, someone to labor much more to make the point in a society where people are regularly worshiping different gods and goddesses, but, and, and to say that that's not necessary to establish and prove that is, is take some task, but I mean, it probably wouldn't be uh, much of a challenge today. People are not, not engaged in that. Of course, if you want to make the point about kirtan people like kirtan I was dreaming about this the other day I made the arguments before kirtan is an anga of bhakti it's not an anga of yoga it's not an anga of gyan the other two transcendental paths it's certainly not an anga of buddhism (laughs) uh, or limb of the body of these traditions but it is a limb of the body of of bhakti and within um Bhakti. It's uh, Krishna Kirtan is really the full face of Kirtan. I mean, it's really where Krishna comes out and says things about Kirtan that you don't hear other Vishnu avatars saying. Like Satatam Kirtayan Tomam. My devotees are always chanting about me. Um, and that kind of emphasis you find even in the Gita. It's not like Varaha saying that. Hmm. Or in the Shringadev didn't come out in this anywhere in the ten chapters that his leader is dealt with in the Bhagavatam and say, I chant my name and I'll be there. <laughs> uh, uh, but that's why I, I've told a story before that, that once uh, I was spending some time in Rishikesh, above Rishikesh in Lakshmanjula, and staying in a little ashram. Well, a little guest house, and across on the bank of the of the of the uh, the, the Ganges, and uh, right across the street was a Satyanarayan temple, and there were Sri Vaishnavas from the Ramanuja Sampradaya worshiping there, and so uh, we would go at night, and uh, they would have Artik or Narayan, and uh, we would do kirtan, and. Uh, when we weren't there, they would do. I came once, and, and there was no one with me. They were doing kirtan, and they were, they were just singing, singing verses hmm, from different puranas. And they, 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 interestingly enough, they sang the verses from the Bhagavatam that night, that uh, from the eleventh canto, fifth chapter of the Bhagavatam, that Goswami uh, said, "Found Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Chakta Bhasudu said, 'Isarepsirajya Lakshmi.' And they were going through this. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, at any rate, uh, that was their form of kirtan. And um, our form of kirtan was following Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Krishna kirtan, with as we do it, so it was very foreign to them. Was the pujari 
who was a younger fellow, and he was very excited by our enthusiasm. And he asked, the night before we left, he said, could he, could he join us? And uh, would he have to change his religion to go with us? <laughs> he said, I said, no, you can come with us. You don't have to change your religion. It's okay. But then he got afraid in the morning. Um, another occasion, and I've cited this as a similar example, we were doing an installation of the deities in South India, and these Madhva Brahmins had been invited to do the ritual. And we then kind of uh, with the end of the ritual we did Krishna Kirtan and took the deities up on the altar. And they didn't know what we were doing. They, they thought it was rather odd. Uh, so the, the point being that Kirtan is an Anga of Bhakti, but how it's performed um, in relation to Narayan and various Lilavatars and so forth is not quite the same and as central, if you will, as Kirtan is in, really I would say in the Gita, in relation to Krishna. When Krishna says, my devotees are characterized by this, they're always chanting about about me. And um, Satatam Kirtayantomam. I mean, the, the Gaudiya, you know, rendering. Satatam means always, means means there's no conditions, as Mahaprabhu said. But in Nam Nam Akari Bahuda, Nijasarva Shakti, Stataripita Niyamita Smalane, Nakala. Doesn't matter, Nakala. Anytime, any circumstance, there's no rules to it. You can chant Satatam, Kirtayantomam. Hmm. Um, and and they're following ecodices and other things supporting this and that's the central focus so that's a Gaudiya kind of rendering of it and you know, there you have you have no 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 figure in religious history in, within within Hindi within Hinduism who more embodies the uh, the uh, spirit of Kirtan and who, or who made Kirtan Krishna Kirtan the center of um, uh, his uh, his discipline practice, than uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, so yes, kirtan is an anga of bhakti. It's not an anga of yoga or kyan. That's one thing. And then within the context of that, this Krishna kirtan, we make, can make an argument is really the full full face of. Of, of Kirtan and it becomes so c- central to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission that he's Krishna himself and uh, he's showing uh, this how, how, how central Kirtan is to Krishna Bhakti um, and so you know it's not a many gods argument but it's a it's, a, it's like it'll be like Kirtan like Bhakti um, Bhakti is actually we have a book about it, Bhakti Rasmita Sindhu. We have a book about it, Bhakti Sandarbha. What is Bhakti? Uh, it's, it's not just a sentiment. And Kirtan, Kirtan, this fellow had asked me, do you guys do Kirtan? Hmm? Yeah. So, you know, to give a long answer, uh, he said, I'm a percussionist. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you know it's a very I guess you know it's a very it's a musical idea and you know a sentimental idea 
yeah. so to give it some weight, some depth, some, and uh, and then to distinguish. So kirtan would speak then if Nishringadev is not saying chant my name or Varaha or uh, uh, other avatars. Um, certainly Ganesh isn't. Hmm? Durga isn't saying chant my name. And uh, uh, Krishna saying, "I'm not in Vaikuntha, Naham Tishanti Vaikuntha, neither Hridayam Yogi Namba. I'm in the heart of, the, of yogis, but um, wherever Kirtan of my name is going on, that's where I'm or in present. It's a famous verse. I forget it all, but." Sanskrit, but uh, so these are the kind of statements coming from Krishna. So you know, if you want, if you like kirtan, so people to make this kind of argument thoughtfully and without being confrontational, and divisive, but um, nonetheless explaining this is this is uh, really the full face and idea and scriptural support for kirtan. So. So I think the, the, those, those, those types of points are um, significant uh, points and that um, are pertinent to the community of contemporary spirituality that is, in, that is influenced by Eastern, Eastern thought and Eastern spirituality and yoga and, and who like, they really like the idea of bhakti, they really like the idea of kirtan. So to give philosophy for it, but uh, you know you have to take that Sandarbha kind of teaching and and translate it out. If you understand Mayabad well enough, then you can you can make a presentation that uh, uh, is uh, compelling for bhakti and create some scar for bhakti in people. Um, we don't have to necessarily play it out exactly, but I mean, I've made my statements. Which is better to exist, love to exist, or to exist to love? So these are the basic bhakti over gyan argument. But to be able to say that, it's easy to sounds easy to say, but to be able to say that, you have to study the sandarbhas <laughs> uh, to really go in there and understand the points. So. Anyway, it's uh, there's a very important uh, books, and some sections will be more um, less terse than others, more interesting. I, of all of the Sandarbas, the Krishna Sandarbha I liked uh, the most. Hmm? It's establishing the unique position of Krishna with so many arguments, being a devotee of Krishna. I liked that very much. Hmm. Um, I like the Tattvasandarva too, and I, I really love the argument for the central focus of the Bhagavatam. You can make—that's a good—it is a good argument actually to make. I mean, for your scripture, you don't have to make it exactly like he did because people are not attached to the Shruti and and uh, and so forth. But you could make a modern, contemporary case for the Bhagavatam being the really the the most precious uh, gem of, of amongst the revealed scriptures if you want to just look at it objectively 
uh, from the literary point of view, from the theological point of view. I mean, I mean, the Bible is a book of revelation, but it, I mean, it, it, what it reveals is is um, considerably less about the nature of the absolute and the nature of being than, than the Bhagavatam does. I mean, it speaks about God the Father, but I mean, you have to understand that the whole Bhagavatam that I spoke about earlier is coming from the Bhagavatam. You know, he's drawing it from the from the Bhagavatam. It's a very, it's a very rich um, uh, text amongst revealed texts, whether you go the Quran, you know, or the uh, Kabbalah, or whatever, the Jewish Old, Old Testament, and so forth. These are forms of revelation. You have you know, the non-revealed Lotus Sutra, you know, mm-hmm. of the, of the uh, Buddhists who don't have any revelation. <laughs> uh, Lao Tzu's books, and whatever that one is, I forget the name of that one. That's another tradition, the Tao, Taoists and so forth. So, you know, there are central books. The Gita is famous, of course. The Bhagavatam is just, is just like so uh, rich, compared to the Gita. So for me to say it's rich compared to the Bible, please understand, I'm all saying it's rich compared to the Gita. Very, very, very rich compared to the Gita. Um, And so to make an argument for that, I I think is is, is, uh, important. You make it a little differently, given the sensibilities of people today, but uh, to give it, you know, a chance to be heard and uh, it's considered. So, does that help? Yeah. Yeah. What else? Yes. Guru Maharaj, could you say something about uh, Krishna being present in Murti? I just uh, saw discussion between devotees, like one devotee was kind of offering uh, deity of Ladu Gopal that he bought from other devotees who wasn't worshipping him anymore. So the other devotee was like, you are going to hell because you bought the deity that was worshipped and that's so offensive. And this uh, other devotee was like, no, no, I'm just saving the deities from kind of miserable position when they are put in basement and suffering. So... I was thinking, like, it's nice sentiment, but at the same time, is the deity even present there? Well, there's an English saying, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So, uh, we've often said, and based on the Jintabeta Beta Tattva, that the love of the devotee and the form of the Godhead, they correspond, right? Hmm. So, according to your love, then Bhagwan will appear to you. So that's a more sophisticated way of saying beauties in the eye of the beholder. So there are, of course, scriptural rules for worshiping the deity and how to and rituals and so on and so forth. Um, and I wouldn't want to uh, dismiss them. Hmm. But um, uh, if someone um, 
Well, I mean, I had uh, uh, the blessing of Prabhupada to acquire small Gornasite deities and worship them. Hmm. He wrote to me in a letter. I'd asked him about that. And so one of my godbrothers in India bought the deities and brought them back to me. And there was some miscommunication. And um, my program was changing at the time. So the idea of getting small deities was morphing into getting larger deities for a different situation. But then he bought these deities and told me about it. So I was surprised. And he had arrived in New York. And um, that's... uh, Grungi Priya's father, um, Purva. So he said, I got the deities. I said, what do you... Oh, I got... I, uh, and he said, well, you know, they really like them here in New York. I said, no, 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 you are going to bring them. They wanted to keep them in New York. So he brought them. I was in Chicago. So uh, I put them on my desk. I had a couple pieces of cloth I would just put around them and so forth. And... Um, so then I was making a plan to have an installation to install the deities and, and I was going to, from that day on you know they would be worshipped in this way and so forth um, and so I was quite uh, serious about it and so forth but uh, before I ever got around to the ceremonies of what the deities spoke to me so I thought well you know just see um, eventually on uh, nonetheless, I did a ceremony on Radhastami, and it was a big thing. Vishnu John Swami helped me with that. It was in Laguna Beach at the temple, temple there. Um, we did that. But, uh, from my own experience, again, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, so it, uh, it very well may uh, worship the deity, may, may transcend these... Uh, ritual uh, requirements it's possible mm-hmm. so uh, if someone uh, in this instance that you're referring to uh, uh, feels compelled to worship the deity I, well so what's the problem <laughs> uh, he wasn't like wanting to worship these deities he would just buy deities from devotees who were not, or like former devotees that were not worshipping them anymore and like look for other people to take care of them. It's not a bad thing. The bad thing is that the devotees are selling them. <laughs> That's rather rather odd. Uh, so, I mean, uh, yeah, I, think, I mean, that said, uh, the Archon is, is a particular Anga of Bhakti and it has its Rules and system, and so on. it should be it should be followed. Um, and uh, Prabhupada was pretty strict. Uh, he didn't allow very many devotees to have deities of their own. They were all supposed to worship in the temple, come to the temple. Temple worship was a certain standard, and so forth. Prabhupada established a very fine uh, standard of, uh, of deity worship in his temples, and as far as I can tell. It's gone. They, they they keep that up pretty pretty much. It's it's, it's very um, 
um, a high standard. And um, he was very concerned about that. Uh, and this, today it's it's uh, very, very different. And it's I find it a bit disconcerting. Somebody's got some deities, or they want deities, and, uh, and it's this kind of a sentiment, but they have no uh, real interest in learning everything they would require and and uh, taking the time to do it properly and so they just end up then doing save up abroad hmm. so that's not good right so. but you know some guys finding some deities that other people aren't worshipping and giving them to people who worship them uh, sounds good <laughs> Uh, but um, there are many inst- you know it's this particular it's Archibigra Archavatar particular avatar so he's a little tough you know he finds himself in different places at times worshipped at times were it not worshipped at times not even a Puri's deity was found buried in the brush how long he was there for mm-hmm. right a long long time and uh Waiting for Madhavendra Puri, so he does interesting things. Put himself in that situation, you could say, just to reveal the glory of Madhavendra Puri. Whatever the other details were, if we look at the whole picture, we say that's why he did this. Hmm? You understand? And so, um, yeah, just like the dom. Sometimes the dom is covered, and sometimes it's it's revealed in the world. So the Archavatar. Hmm. I was thinking about, about that just the other day too, because you, 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 there's this, there's this. If the deity breaks, then you can. There's a ceremony you can do to transfer the deity worship to another set of deities, and then you got the old set of deities, and then you, then you glue them back together, and then you're supposed to, I think, put them in the ocean or something like that. And I think somebody's going to find him someday. And look, I found the deities from the beach, you know, wash yeah. up. And I think they're self-revealed deities and start all over again, you know. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's many, many stories like that, right? Hmm. You find a deity somewhere. How how do you get there? What's the whole story? You just know. The deities appeared to me. That's the beginning, but there's the past. Somebody gave up the worship or something. Is he still there? That's kind of your question. Is he still there? I think think he's there. In most most of all his pictures and forms, uh, to some extent. And uh, he'll show himself. In, 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 uh, uh, with regard to the measure of devotion that he worship, that's all it takes to bring him out. Hmm. He's there in everything. He was in the pillar when Prahlad was asked, Is he in the stone pillar? Yes, he's there too. Hmm. Hmm. So to speak of in a form that. It, uh, it's meant to be intended uh, to be in his likeness as is as described in the scripture hmm. 
What do we do the whole ceremony? Then everybody takes it seriously, pays attention. And of course, as they do, he shows himself more. So, but so many deities lined up on the shops and so forth. I don't think that you know. In days gone by, when uh, the, the scriptures with the methods for worshiping and so forth, they weren't manufacturing them with a mill, you know, turning them out metal deities and. And it's the art of crafting them out of stone and so forth was not as uh, as developed or aided by modern machinery and so on and so forth. So I think that they, in times gone by, the form of the deity in stone or in, in metal wood was much rarer than now. So. How to deal with that? Well, best we can. Hmm. What can you do? I mean, you honor the deity, but then they'll, you can't. You know, people. I got all kinds of deities. People give me, or I end up with, you know, drawer full of them. What to do? <laughs> Sometimes I give. I don't have that many. I mean, I have so a few. <laughs> Stones and deities. I give them out to the right people to worship. Oh, okay. It's it's a, it's a, it's again. What I'm kind of saying is it's a kind of a modern, you know, new issue to deal with. You go to India and the shop and there's a shelf full of Ladu Gopals, you know, waiting for their Ladu. What are you going to do? Oh my God, Krishna's there all day long. Nobody's feeding him. There's hundreds of them. <laughs> what are you going to do? I better go buy them all up and, and give them to somebody. You know, This seems a bit of an extreme way of thinking. So, Okay, Daji Gopal,